0: hello baseball fans and welcome to a september edition of swings and mishes i'm your co-host and producer jeremy tache joined as always by craig mish here on this fine friday morning craig how you doing as we've reached september baseball here in miami
1: Jeremy, great to be with you as always here on the podcast as we get ready to close out the 2022 season. 30 some odd games to go in the Marlins season and Major League Baseball. We're going to have a fun postseason, I think, just up the road. I think the Rays are, are probably going to find themselves in the postseason again. Uh, not too far up north. We've got the Braves there too, right? So, I mean, for for fans in South Florida who want to see playoff baseball, you don't have to travel all that far. you just got to go to St. Petersburg or Atlanta. But yeah, we're closing out the year and and we'll get into, you know, sort of some of the, the reasons why we've gotten to this point and, you know, kind of where we where we go from here. But naturally, it's obviously, on, on my end, been a pretty disappointing uh, season, to say the least.
0: Certainly. Uh, disappointment. You know, ironically, I was on uh, Locked On Marlins with Peter Pratt yesterday and he asked me for a word uh, one word to describe the Marlins offense this season. And the word disappointing was the one that I used because that's, that's kind of where things have been. Um, you know, this team coming out of the All-Star break uh, split their first eight games. They're 47 and 52. We're thinking, all right, is there a run to be made? And since then, the Marlins have gone eight and 23 over the last month. They're now 55 and 75, 20 games under. Craig, in this last month, this season, what went wrong?
1: Well, a lot went wrong, and uh, you know, there's there's a a very deep dive that's going to have to occur uh, within the organization as to how things get fixed and and sort of how you move forward. Um, I, I did not think that this is where we would be. Clearly, five years ago, we started this podcast. I was thinking. Mm-hmm you know, kind of grind out a few years of, of mediocrity and then all of a sudden maybe we'll be on the cusp of something good. That that definitely has not happened. And it, it sure does feel like like this kind of, you know, the, the players have to perform in a, in a lot of different ways and, and success has to happen on the field for sure. But it does feel that this is is sort of creeping beyond the field beyond the clubhouse beyond the managers and and sort of into the front office at this point point. Mm. and why things have, have sort of gone the way that they have and why they there just seems to be this uh this feeling of of you know unclear uh, direction i think is, is something that's a little troubling for me now Obviously, part of this, Jeremy, is because of the fact that since 2020, you you fired the president of baseball operations. You essentially fired the CEO of the team Hmm. and then you fired the vice president of player development and essentially have not replaced these people. So. You're 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 at a loss in the front office with voices with opinions, whether or not you agree with those opinions or not, and it and it and it kind of feels like it's left things scrambling to a degree. It really does yeah. feel like that. So they've done their best to pick up the pieces again since Derek Jeter and Gary Denbo have left, and and Mike Hill back in 2020 has left. Make no mistake about it. That's a pivotal point in the book that we will write one hmm. day. But. Uh, where they go from here is extremely unclear. I, I do feel that there will be a lot of changes, as we said previously. Again, in the off season, uh, and and you know player player personnel wise, of course, that's going to be part of it. But I do feel like this is going to extend beyond what we have seen in the past, which which is a shame because again, you had this cohesive unit all working together for the last few years trying to build something that clearly has not worked. And now it does feel like a path, another path is going to change with the Marlins, Jeremy, going forward. I'm, I'm not exactly clear yet on what that path is. I right. do feel like some philosophical changes are going to occur within the organization in the future. How they sort of approach, uh, especially the hitting part of things, I think that's going to change. And how that changes is by bringing in new people. So uh, that 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 I think is where we're headed first here in October
0: yeah i mean you know when kim Aang was brought in to be the general manager of this ball club it was to be a part of sort of a a unit in that front office um whether you know you included people beyond derek jeter and gary denbow irrelevant those those three you know those three names were sort of working together on this and for two of them to go between the off season and now at one point during this season you know that that front office has clearly been shaken up um but the question does become craig you know what do the Marlins do to sort of get out of the space that they're in right now where, you know, th- this roster has obviously been struggling, um, not a ton of production, particularly, like you said, on that offensive side of the ball. There needs to be some more development of those younger bats. So how do the Marlins sort of get out of the situation that they're in right
1: now? What what would your approach be moving forward? Well, it, my understanding is 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 Kim is is again going to lead the charge into 2023 Mm -hmm. so kim has to have some organizational structure moving forward that everybody is in agreement with and some sort of direction within either the people that are there or new people that have a clear concise path to where the team is headed in the future Mm. um I, I don't know again if some of those names that left are going to be replaced, but in the end, you the the, the idea that these people are all a working unit and working uh, toward a a goal as they were five years ago, I don't think applies at this hmm. moment. So that has to get itself uh sorted out in one way or the other. and i and I think that Kim understands that. Um, you know, i don't I don't mind me saying without revealing, you know too too much because that's I don't think that's appropriate that I've that I personally have had uh, at the very least one very extended conversation with her about this. So I feel confident that that's recognized I do but what I what I don't feel confident in is again if you're going to parse down the front office and not have people uh, in charge uh wi- along with Kim that are going to be able to, you know set this path for the future right. as to where this is headed I still am not completely clear on that and that is that's a little bit uh, troubling for me um is this simply you know Jeremy there's a few things that you know are simply in play here um you know going back to the off season, why was Ava Garcia signed why right. was Jorge Soler signed and, and the one thing that's really hit home for me and and I think that this is a little you know kind of troubling for the future but sort of explains why why this is the direction that they've gone and maybe need to go in a different direction in the future in terms of trades as opposed to these free agent contracts is that simply put there are a lot of the high priced free agents and mid-level free agents jeremy that are not interested in coming to play for the marlins knowing that they have a contract to play for in a couple of years so they essentially have had to overpay and over guarantee deals to players to entice them to come play for miami i I know there are a lot of fans out there who live in south florida and they live in Dade, and they live in broward and they all say who wouldn't want to come play in south florida but this is not the miami heat it is not Mm. it just isn't and the environment through the years with the marlins regardless of of, of what you want to say that goes on inside the walls inside the stands it is not an, an environment conducive to players reaching their potential here it just not has been it is not that way it is jeremy it's not mm. and so if you are kyle schwarber and and you're sitting out there and you're making a decision between the marlins and the phillies You know, it kind of doesn't matter how much more the Marlins are going to offer. He wants to go play for Philadelphia and go bash 40 home runs and go play for the postseason. Playing here in front of 7,000 people during the week sometimes, it's not going to get you going. That's not the reason why Aviçel Garcia didn't perform. That's not the reason why Jorge Soler got hurt and just kind of who he was. I'm not saying that. But it's a dynamic that has to be explored very intently. and 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 has to be determined in the future that everyone who's crying and yelling and screaming for the marlins to go out and get these guys via free agency it is not easy to do they Mm. don't want to come here they don't want to play here and the notion in the past that that derek jeter would say oh people now it's a destination and people want to come here he was not correct he was not Mm. correct in that in that statement they still don't want to i've explored this with agents with players remember I was at the All-Star Game in July. I was in the clubhouse at the All-Star Game in July. I've had a chance to speak to a lot of the different players about this. Players who were here, mm-hmm. players who were, you know, potentially here. And that is the dynamic that is going on right now. So how do they make those acquisitions? They make those acquisitions via trade. But again, now are you are, what kind of players, Jeremy, are you trading for? Are you trading for players that have had career years previously with 30 home runs, 35 in the past? are you trading for players who you know are grinders like the birdies and the Wendells, where where now that is the approach moving forward i i, I just don't know I, I don't i don't have a clear picture on this right now so yeah. i so i i hope i'm opening up a little the you know people's eyes to sort of the the view as right. to as to what needs to get figured out but there's a little gun shy, I think, going on too. Hey, we just gave 50 to Garcia and we gave, you know, 36 to Soler. And oh my gosh, like if we do this again and there busts again, what are we doing? Maybe right. maybe it's a different kind of player that needs to be approached here. So so complicated and and so much going on right now that that we'll get a much clearer picture, I think, in October disarray is that the way to put this right now i think maybe that's a little strong sure because i do feel that they want to win and and i do feel again they care there's no question about that but from a directional point of view on the podcast as we enter september i don't feel that there is a clear path and direction for where this is headed I, i i don't get that sense And we
0: all, you know, obviously see there's a bunch of different ways that you can approach it, but I think for so many of the fans who were thinking like, oh, just write blank checks to players and get these guys down here, like it's like you're talking about, it's not that simple. Um, And there are so many different layers to it. And man, you know, like you said, the the frustration of playing in front of some smaller crowds. And it, it's such a shame when you get you get that tease, right? We see the, the 23,000 when Sandy's pitching against the Dodgers and the atmosphere was amazing. But it's the one game this year you can point to and say, hey, that atmosphere was amazing because of, you know, who was on the mound and the team that was in town. And that's the only way that that comes about. And so as we look forward right in, into next year and we look at what not only the team could look like, but what the staff could look like, what the front office could look like. The name that comes to mind, or two names that come to mind, are both Don Mattingly and Mel Stottlemyre Jr. and what their futures are with the ball club. So, Craig, as of right now, as we sit here on September 2nd, um, what are your thoughts on on both Don Mattingly and Mel Stottlemyre and and their futures with the club?
1: So, this is going to be a really hard conversation to have at the end of the season because you know having been around donnie as long as much as i have and getting to know him like i have it's going to be uh, you know for me for for all of you who are who are listening it's going to be like some parade and and i and look i understand it that when you you lose as much as you have in the last five years and mattingly did win the manager of the year yes in 2020 but when you lose as much as you have I, i understand that everybody has the pitchforks and everybody wants change and you're going to get it and, and you're and you're going to get the change does that mean necessarily a new manager is automatically going to make the team better more fun uh is is there going to be a better clubhouse in, in in terms of things that i i mean i i can't speak to that i i don't know the answer as to how this is all going to look in 2023 but i believe that you're going to get your wish if that's what you wish for I don't know how it's going to happen at the end of the season. I'm not clear on that. I, I don't know. Is, is Donnie going to leave? Uh, is, he, I, is he going to get fired? I, I don't I don't know how, how the end is going to look. I don't know how that chapter closes. I don't know. And maybe a new chapter opens for Donnie here. I, I don't yeah. know the answers. I really, if I did, I would tell you. I can only tell you what I think. And what I think is that this is the final year of Donnie managing the Marlins. Mm. I mean, I, I am... Am I 100% certain? No, I can't be 100% certain of anything. I am almost as certain about this as, as I possibly can be. Uh, so it's going to be tough for me because I've gotten to know him so well since he's since he's been here, and I have so much respect for him. But it just has not worked. It, it has not worked. He, he has not won games with the exception of one season since he's been here. I, I think he's put in the time, no question. Again, Derek Jeter... Gary Denbo, Mike Hill, this whole thing happening, just sort of starting not another rebuild here, but starting a new path here. I think that new path uh, is not going to be with Don Mattingly as the manager next year. Mm. Mel Stottlemyre, I also don't know the answer to. Uh, you know, as I we had in the Herald this past week, I did talk to Mel. Um, he does not want to talk about it. Hmm he he feels like the the pitching has been so good that he wants to just keep pushing this thing right to the end with sandy and pablo and we saw trevor Pitt, rogers pitch well the other day Lazardo, for the back. most part has been okay so and and edward cabrera, cabrera for the most too. part has been okay you know maybe better than okay for some people again you got to yeah, look really at the quality of opposition with some of these these that they're facing too i mean we got to be real with that yeah but but they've all been very good he's i think unequivocally he's done a great job with the starters he's done a great job with with what they've handed him in the bullpen but i i don't know what it's going to assuming that donnie is gone i don't know what it is going to be required for mel to stay i i don't know i think this will be his decision and and he'll make it and and we'll have it at the end of the year i i i don't know my my, my gut tells me there there's got to be a way that they can find a way to keep him here somehow has to be but he is so linked and in tune to what Donnie is doing. If Donnie is not part of the organization at all when the season ends, Mel is not going to have you know to be out of work for five minutes. He he could probably he could probably be the number one free agent in terms of pitching coaches in Major League Baseball. And then the other dynamic, Jeremy, that we've seen over the last few years is we've seen some Major League pitching coaches get a pretty good bag to go to colleges. Yeah, and, and Mel lives on the West Coast. He lives in Washington State. Who's to say that some college out there doesn't say, "Come home, we'll pay you close to what you were getting, or you know, near yeah. what you were getting to be the Marlins pitching uh, coach, and you can coach our kids here." I, that that'd be pretty tempting for Mel. So, a dynamic that that I that I can't speak to. And then in terms of the rest of the the coaching staff, uh, I, I mean. Again, I'm not in the business of firing people. It would be very hard for me to believe that <laughs> that we're that that the Marlins are bringing almost anyone back from the coaching right. staff. I'm just sorry to say that the performance has not been there. The offense has been um embarrassing, abysmal. Um it, it you know to 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 me again, it, it's I understand there's been injuries, they don't have jazz out there, they don't have some other players too, and I get it. I understand it. But Jeremy the levels of embarrassment that this has gone to yeah. for me to hear, get texts from people around the league, not not in the Marlins, the Marlins had Gonsolin scratched hours before a game Oof. and McClanahan scratched right before a game and they can't scrap together runs against like the ninth best pitcher on a team and a and, and a former guy on the Marlins that they just got rid of you know and and that guy dominated them i don't care what the what the team name is Rays, dodgers it doesn't make it i mean you have got to hit the backups of the backups of the backups and and these are major league hitters on that team so it's that the hitting has been (laughs) as bad as i've seen it maybe in franchise history like honestly in franchise history what they're running out right now is is unfortunately as as bad as it's been so um, there there will be changes, I think, coming there, too.
0: Yeah, I saw, I saw a stat out there um, about the Marlins and their scoring in August that was just, like, historically really terrible. And when you're scoring less than three runs almost every single game, obviously, you know, there needs to be uh, some changes made both from personnel to coaching to whatever it needs to be to shake those things up. Briefly, going back to Mel, I mean, we know how much he loves to teach and we know how much he loves that. So when you throw out that college idea, it obviously sticks out in my head. Um, but but it, it is so crazy, the camaraderie that this rotation has with him and the credit that so many of these guys are are giving him for their development, right? And you see them out there, they're wearing their... Uh, their you know, knock off of the scots tots from the office but it's stots tots and you see that out there all the time like these guys really rally around mel so my hope is that regardless of what happens with the rest of the coaching staff he's someone that the marlins can find a way to keep around because that pitching has obviously been in the midst of all of this this year the one sort of bright spot from sandy to pablo to the rest of these guys um
1: yeah a good a good example you know comparison-wise i don't uh maybe not I mean, Mel has not won a championship or come close with the Marlins, and I think mm-hmm. that he would be the first one to to say that. But the comparison for me in this situation, to a degree, in in terms of the of of how I feel about Mel and what he's done for the staff, uh, and and again, it's it's not just Mel; it's the guys in the minor league development. Course, I've mentioned course. Scott Aldred's name a number of mm-hmm. times. He deserves a lot of credit before they get to Mel, Jeremy. They're good, you know. Right. Let's let's not let's not, yeah, let's not that, that, skip that process that, that he bad. is that he is he has been a whisperer to a degree but uh-huh. let, let's also give some credit to to the way that they have developed the pitchers on 1000 percent. as bad 1, as it's been percent. on the hitting it has been very good on the pitching but if you remember last year uh, uh after the season ended most people felt that brent strom with the houston astros was the very best pitching coach in major league baseball and strom um, sort of unexpectedly just said I'm done yep. and he stopped coaching the Houston Astros now we don't really know exactly why that happened or well but I gotta tell you a month later he's signing a new deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks Diamondbacks for putting together an unbelievable season in pitching and Zach Gallen is great and Merrill Kelly is great and, you know the bullpen hasn't shout been shout out but, Zach Gallen <laughs> yeah so so again Uh, You know you're playing with fire a little bit with Mel here because you know Mel could just be done, and then be (laughs) done at the end of the season, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like Major League Baseball team X, oh he's Mm. not done, and let's throw a bag at Mel and let's see if we can get him to come with us next year. So so that's the comparison that I would use here. I put Mel in that Brent Strom category, although Brent uh, had an incredible team working with him in terms of analytics and in terms of data and the marlins have that here too but but he he had a a stronger how about this a stronger support staff going with him in houston than mel probably has right now with the marlins in terms of where they're at um they're not going to like to hear me say that but i think it is true and then Brent Strom went to arizona he's clearly very good jeremy yeah diamondbacks pitching has been much better the team is much better this year too so that's the Mel story. We'll see what happens at the end of the year. I do not know if Mel's going to be back or not. If I did, I'd tell you right here.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated as as Craig hears more here. Uh, but we are in September. Um, we saw a couple of guys added to the roster yesterday in Brian De La Cruz and Jeff Brigham. Uh, no Jordan Groshans as of yet. Um, but I want to use this as, as a moment to touch on those guys and just sort of sure. say, Craig, what, what are you watching the rest of the season right as we head through September um and we've got about a month left of baseball what is it that you're paying attention to with the Marlins as we as we watch this last month
1: not much not much <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest with you not much I went to the game against the Rays the other day yeah and you know, I brought my son to that game and it was like he was doing well at school I thought you know he really really wanted to go and we're just sitting there, and they're not scoring, and I'm turning to him, and he's still pumped up for every hit, and, you know, and, I, and it's Gotta just Gotta love like, kids, man. And it's just, you know, and that just shows you what you really need to be do, doing with this organization is finding a way to get the, but it's not fair to the kids, man. Like, you know, I, I thought that, yeah, it's great to have the great pitching, and if the hitting comes, it comes. If it doesn't, you're still out of there in two hours. There's just no getting out of there in two hours. It's never happening. So you gotta hit a little bit. And then, you know, Birdie hits a home run and he's jumping up and down and I'm like, and then we left and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it's just like, I mean, I don't know what to say. And he's like, daddy, I saw John Birdie home run that that was good enough for I me. I love that I love that and I'm like I love that I'm glad it was I'm glad it was <laughs> yeah. good enough for you it should it should be better than this I love the positivity <laughs> So so you know Birdie's had a great year when he's healthy he's he stolen a bunch of bases so congrats to him he's a fun player he's to watch great. every day It feels like Wendell is is pushing really hard Mhm and and so that's great too Blade and, and and Burdick have been up uh, the numbers starting this point to me are sort of irrelevant I think you've seen what you've seen Mhm uh, you can't really count on them being starters next year. You can think that they could be part of this in some way, but boy, you cannot like solely rely on either right, of them right. being starters. Um, uh, Cooper has been had a really, really dismal second half. Like I mean, beyond comprehension, shockingly wise since July, since the All Star, since the yeah. All Star yeah. game. Uh, so he has got to. I I think he's got to show something here in September, regardless if the numbers mean anything. Um, and and the pitching is good pretty much every night. So we're going to watch the Cy Young Award winner yep. down the stretch. So that's obviously very good. I don't I don't feel like their bullpen is 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 going to be the same next year. So I don't know that that's relevant as well. I mentioned Jordan uh, Groshans because he's been great in yeah. the minor leagues. He's not, he has not been offensively developed by the Marlins, okay. So at this point, let's be cynical and say that's been a good thing. Sure. And, and 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 I don't know where he's gonna play or if he's gonna be a starter or if he's gonna be an extra guy or if he's gonna be the Luke Williams next year. I, yeah. I don't know who he is, but I'd like to know. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like to see a little bit, you know, just I'm I'm not gonna believe what I see probably because I've done that in the past and that's right. that's silly. Lewin Diaz too probably at the end of the line here with the Marlins unfortunately. Mm. I don't I don't know that he has a, a strong future with the team. Maybe he'll get a little bit more of a chance, but it has not looked great since he's played. But Groshans would be somebody that would have me interested if if, yeah. if you did a call up with Groshans on September the 4th and said we're going to play him three times a week and and see what he can do. Yeah, Jeremy, that would be something I'd be curious yeah. in seeing. Yeah. But that's about it. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> that, that, that's about it. Like yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they're not going to call Yuri Perez up. So right. I mean, Roshans does does possibly have a chance to be right. on the team. Why is he in the minors? Why Why is he not up mm. and and playing? And and maybe, God forbid, the guy does well from the beginning that he comes right. up. Would maybe. be awesome. Gotcha. Maybe the guy has five good games in a row as a rookie with the Miami Marlins. Wouldn't when be something cool. we're not seeing ever. With this organization in five years, none, zero. Go through all of them. Like, how about it's five really shocking? Well, oh, actually, LeBlanc was yeah. LeBlanc, there. yeah. Le well, LeBlanc's LeBlanc had been, five good games. Then you know, has been it's, it's, okay. It's, he's been fine. You know, you yeah. Know who he is. but like Groshan's really, uh, you know, may have a chance to be right. a starter somewhere.
0: Mm. But he's in AAA, right? Well, it, it's it's um it, it's it's funny because the rest of the year. You know that is the stuff you're looking for, right? Is seeing some of those young guys showing you flashes of stuff, right? Like, you know, it, all we've seen so far is who's who's o- who looks overmatched and who doesn't look overmatched, and that's kind of what you can kind of uh, gleam from going forward. But like you said, the statistics in September don't don't mean all that much. You just want to continue to see guys grow in the way of that course. they can, whatever young guys that that you can see, whether that's the pitchers if they're facing guys. You know that is the one benefit of going up against some teams here down the stretch that at least they're competing for playoff position is pitchers you can sort of see like oh okay jesus lazardo or edward cabrera is going up against the mets as they're competing for something that type of stuff you can judge maybe if you can't necessarily judge the offensive side so you can look forward to some of those starts but realistically let's be real about it it's watching sandy down the stretch it's seeing what what he's gonna do every fifth day that's about it um and it's been it's been a joy to watch him this season um you know we we've obviously given him his flowers all year long but man it's it's uh it's been an honor to watch a season
1: like this he's been so terrific um He's, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 you know, when he pitches every five days, you basically can either go to the game or tune TV on and feel like you're going to watch something cool. Yep. But, but it should be more than once every five days. I mean, it's just a ridiculous thing to think. And and going back to Groshans again for a minute, I want to be clear here. I don't know if this kid can play at all. Like I want to see it. Yeah. Don't, don't, I don't lead me to believe here that (laughs) I'm going to say, oh, this guy's going to be a superstar or whatever. Not at all. But it's like, you made no deals at the deadline. And here's the one deal you made to get this guy and- Let's see him. And and, and Bass is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? he, and he's still pretty good with Toronto. I know they sent Zach Pop down, but mm. like that was your trade so So let's see the kid let let's let's see i mean he's and by the way i'm I'm pretty sure that he's rule five eligible so you have to add him to the 40 man anyway either way right at the end of the season so and, and i'm not i'm not asking him to steal five starts a week from anybody i mean come on i'm not doing that does it matter probably not but i'm not asking for that i'm just saying like let's see, right. you know, let, let, let's let see something. And, you know, I'll, I'll still be skeptical regardless of what the numbers are. It's huh. September. That's the one thing about Donnie that I really appreciate, you know, whatever at this point, but that he always has said that don't get caught up in the September, no matter right. what, like right. e- even, I know there's only 28 kids or 28 guys in, instead of like 37 now, mm-hmm. but he'll be the first one to tell you that no matter what happens it's September. And by the way, even on the pitching side, Jeremy, there's just, there's only it's so much. A, of course, it's a different feeling. That, for Sandy, maybe not, because again, he's pitching for the Cy Youngs. So I, I get that, but the rest, but the rest of these guys, it's just who knows what's going through their mind in the third inning when it's zip, zip. You right. know, it's like, oh, here we go again. I know I'm not going to score. Like it's, we know we're out of it. It's, it, it can't be the same mentality that it was back in April. No May and June. So I don't want to harp on that too much because I'm the first one to say, don't look at September like De La Cruz last year. Everyone was going yeah. bananas. And I'm like, I don't know. It seems like a fourth outfielder me, um, which turned out to be the case. Yep. But, but, I, but I certainly think that if you have any glimmer of hope for 2023 in a, in a, in a moment right now that I'm telling you that you, you just kind of have to continue to trust the process if you choose, or if not, I don't blame you. This would be a nice little little thing to just mm-hmm. say. Hey, I wonder if two, three starts a week. Of- a little appetizer. Yeah, that, that, that's that's all. Give give all us right. give us give us a little something. Um, maybe they will. Maybe they yeah. will call him up tomorrow next week. Who knows? But as of right now, he's not there. Well, hopefully,
0: we see him soon. Um, and this will probably be our uh, last episode up ever. until the end of the season. I, no, not <laughs> ever. Last episode up until toward the end of the season where we will come back and we will do that full season recap and we will be back doing this. Uh, but, Craig, any, any last notes here before we do wrap this one up or we sort of get to everything you want?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. As I've said before, everybody hates me for, for saying this because it really doesn't matter. But at, when, when we do our next episode, whether it's – I mean, maybe there'll be changes in a couple of weeks. Maybe not. Or maybe this will all be at the end of the season. Um there, there, there's go. They're going to be, in my estimation, some massive changes coming with the Marlins. There's, there. I, I really do think that whether that's going to be good or bad for anyone, I have no idea. But what everybody needs to know in the, you know, relationships that that I have developed with people in the past who have left, or people that are going to be gone at the end of the season, everybody needs to know that. It is uh it, it is difficult to know that people that have tried so hard so hard to bring a winner to south florida if you think that these people have been just going through the motions and so untrue, it, it, yeah. it is it would blow your mind to hear the conversations that i've had on the phone to yep. grab my phone and see the text messages to have the battles that i have had like you have battles out there on social media and, and battle and this guy doesn't know what he's doing and, and this person and kim they have no clue whatever i've heard all these things you have no idea how much that is not true that they have fought so hard so hard for the last five years to to try and get this going that they have failed and they're going to have to eat that big fat l at the end of the season and probably going to end up costing people their jobs i get it but you, but you, you, ladies and gentlemen, need yeah. to know that they they have they have cared so much. They they really like like me, like me doing this this silly right. podcast where we earn nothing except for you know some credibility. Uh, you know, covering <laughs> this, they they really have, and it is going to be a tough. It's going to be tough for the organization. It's going to be very tough for me at the end mm. of the season two, going through probably a lot of changes that have happened and to go through that and sort of why and all that, but uh, enjoy football season. It is here. Ugh. That's my advice and go Gators. And, <laughs> and, and, we'll, and, and, and if something crazy happens in the middle of September, we'll be back. But if not, this will be it until the end of the season.
0: Oh, that gives me an opportunity to say the Knights are one and zero, folks, huge victory <laughs> over South Carolina state Bulldogs last night with John Rice Plumley under center. Uh, go Knights, go Gators, I guess, you know, and, uh, we'll wrap this one up. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, and we'll be back sometime soon with the next episode of swings and Mishes.